0: and welcome, I'm Sandra Pollock and I am delighted that you've joined us today. I will be talking about, uh, or we will be talking about uh, a topic which is rather close to home. You can see already my special guest Keisha Adair Swabi and I will introduce Keisha in a moment. Um, because she has so much to share but a little bit about uh me and why i'm doing this some of you may know i'm a leadership um edi uh equality diversity and inclusion consultant i am also a um oh gosh uh i was looking for the word multi but in other words i've i've also run several um companies um in a part of what i do and i do a variety of um various things both in the community but in the corporate field and it's um so one of the many things I do is to introduce people that I meet um around the place and get them to share their passion their interests and and that sort of thing so hence we have um Keisha here today so Keisha um is a an author we'll be talking about her book and it's her book that really spurred Um, this webinar uh, we'll be talking about her book Keisha is an author a radio presenter and a dyslexia campaigner and I know that she does lots of other things as well that she's not listed there Um, but um, we'll we'll get to explain how this all came about Keisha welcome it's great to have you here Oh, thank you so much,
1: Sandra. Thanks for the introduction, and welcome to everyone. I see someone just joined um, recently yeah, and after. Hi, Leanne.
0: Leanne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> welcome. So yeah, my name is uh, Sandra. Said is Kishore Deswabe, and um, I came to the UK at the age of fourteen, and I uh, live in Manchester now with four children and my husband. And um, yeah, last year I graduated with from MMU um, with the Masters in Health Psychology. And previous to that, I, I did my degree for that. Yeah, that's just me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, wonderful. So we met, Keisha, in yeah. October this year, didn't we? Yes, um, it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We were a panelists. Um well I had the honor of chairing the panel. You were one of the panelists uh for an in um Black History Month event, wasn't it? Yeah. Um and and I met you. I'm going to show off. I have her book already. If you can see it, you probably can't see it because I've got a shadow on. But there you, go. you can just about see it there. Um, and it, your book is Empowering Dyslexics. Now, I have to put my hand up <laughs> because, <laughs> because I have suffered myself with uh, I wouldn't even say suffer now. I say have the gift of dyslexia yeah and I have had it for many many well all of my life but we didn't know what it was and what interests me about you and the work that you do is that you wrote about it and you bravely talk about it and I will be honest I didn't want people to know um and I know I know we Mm -hmm. have Leanne um on the line as well I know Leanne also has dyslexia Crystal, I'll get you to talk about um, where you are, Crystal and and Leanne later on. But what struck me about you, um, Keisha, was your bravery. Yeah, yes. So tell me, (laughs) tell us about
1: your journey. Yeah, so I was one one of those who were undiagnosed for a very long time. I mean, I I touched a little bit about coming from Jamaica at the age of fourteen, and coming to the UK, and all those times gone through college, have gone through school. I've gone through um, the workplace and none of that was identified until well, I left my work in 2016. I was working in the corporate world, spent 17 years in there. I was working for local government at the time. spent that was my the last job, about 12 years in that role. And all the way through, there was just certain challenges, Sandra, that I was having and I just didn't know what it was. You know, I, I had a friend called um, Valerie and she always say you know I always hear the word dyslexia dyslexia but I didn't really know and I didn't associate it with myself because I didn't think that it was something that I had and it it, we'll go a little bit more deeper on the story later on but it's just so much to unpack about this and how it came about and and why I did what what I did with the book and everything else so yeah that's just a little bit snippet there
0: yeah so um I'm making the assumption that um like me Um, as a child my mother used to sit us down as a child and force us to read and I couldn't not that I couldn't read sometimes I'd know a word but I just the brain couldn't get me to the point where i could pronounce that word is that have you suffered with with sort of things like that
1: yes definitely because along with everything else that that, that's going on with my dyslexia dyspraxia and adhd is thrown in there i also have a, a a slight speech impediment so i do struggle with uh, pronouncing certain words and w- when I speak a lot of people don't know and don't notice it but I noticed it a lot more when I was doing the recording for my book the <laughs> audio I was yeah. like oh wow I didn't you know and I learned a lot just by doing that exercise but yeah um, one of the worst thing you can ask someone who who is dyslexic is to read out aloud read in front of people because it's that embarrassment factor where w- w- we're so embarrassed about the way we sp- we, we, we sound the way we can't we won't be able to pronounce the words or don't know what word it is full stop yeah. so yeah um reading out has always been a thing for me whilst I love reading and I enjoy it but it was a struggle earlier on
0: yeah so in your in your career so tell us a little bit about your life journey or career yeah. journey how did some of these um experiences present themselves and what were the challenges that they created
1: yeah so going back to school now when I came from from the UK at 14 I started the school in the school system and I was just close to my GCSE however what I was being taught in school I just didn't understand any of it because I came from Jamaica and completely different curriculum completely different subjects that were being taught different languages as well and school for me was a massive struggle so I left school without a single GCSE I didn't do very well in school you know I, I really it was an embarrassing time for me at when it happened however I didn't let that stop me so I've progressed along and in, when I came to Manchester to live I was determined to achieve my GCSE um, language I went to so I put myself through college to do that and achieved it then I went into the corporate world um my first job was with the GMB which is the, the, the union in the UK here and spent five years with them working with them but however in that role out there's certain things that was kept popping up you know mistakes will be made in my work mm-hmm. I wasn't noticing attention to detail on certain things because being dyslexic I have great attention to detail with other people's work <laughs> however not within mine I would spot an error anywhere in somebody else's work but because I've been looking at the same document same information over and over again I won't spot it so yeah the challenges are you know certain things um organizing myself in the workplace my my inbox we used to be like trillions of emails all over the place and because we have over we suffer from overwhelm so we procrastinate as well because you're so overwhelmed with the task itself you don't know where to start you don't know what to do so I used to put off a lot of tasks um off in, in in the office in my role and I used to do a lot of events so I used to be last minute doing the event stuff the preparation because I, I just need that support and that help with it so it presented itself even with driving directions it presented itself all through my life really
0: so tell tell us about your driving, because I know you we talked about that. Before. Yeah, so
1: along with this dyslexia, I also have dyspraxia. Dyspraxia is a coordination um disorder, some people may call it, D C D. Um and it's a case of my left to right, I struggle with my left to right, so left and right. So driving I I, I might miss the turning because I'm thinking, oh, this, it wasn't there. It was supposed to be on that side because I'm getting confused with that. Also, roundabouts are an absolute nightmare for me, not just myself. I've got a 22-year-old daughter as well who drives and she doesn't like roundabouts. she's also dyspraxic. So for me, the driving part is is always been a thing of trying to concentrate on the, the the road, trying to listen to the sat-nav, trying to look at the, the sat-nav to see which junction to come off on and all of those things it's, It can be quite a lot for mm. a sensory overload in a way as
0: well. So in your journey and in your um, both self-discovery and sort of research, what are some of the things that, that you discovered about dyslexia itself? What I
1: discovered about dyslexia is all the. Whilst I had I've had my challenges with it, I've discovered all the amazing things of being dyslexic. And as I say, I champion it and I own it as my superpower. I own it as my gift, and that's why I have to, the, the the slogan and my my branding is blessed and gifted because I truly believe that people who are dyslexic we're all gifted because of the way we think and the, the great thing that I champion about dyslexia is the way we are with with communication we are people's people's person we are we really are we know how to connect with people we know how to network you know to to to, to, to share information with others as well we're really good at kind at kind and sharing things and other, other things like you know my, my thinking I've got a big Thinking so, I see the end result rather than looking just at the start, yeah. and the creativity as well. So that's why, I, I, in the creative world, I do TV and I do radio and all of that because of, that's the creative side of me and that's what's coming through. I also love fashion and it's always been a passion of mine. My mm-hmm. grandma, so it, it's many ways. But as I say to you, I've always championed because there's so many negative. um Things that's attached to dyslexia and people who are dyslexic and people have a lot of uh, fear around it, and a lot of shame as well. They're embarrassed to open up, as you said earlier on, Sandra, that it was something that you didn't talk about for a long time. And those are the reasons, you know, going back into our culture and everything else, it's something that we hide because we don't want anyone to think that there's anything wrong with us. Well, there's nothing wrong with us at all. It's just a
0: gift. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and in terms of our culture, the black um, um, Caribbean or West Indian, African Caribbean culture, do you yeah. what, what do you see as the issues around dyslexia? Brilliant
1: questions, and I'm glad you asked that one. The issue for me that I've noticed, and this is is why I was so propelled to write this book and get it published, is the lack of awareness and the lack of conversation that we're having, that's going on. You know, the lack of representation from the community as well, because that stigma and that shame that's attached to it, people are scared of coming out and Mm -hmm. saying that I'm dyslexic because it's been so negative in the past that no one wants to say, hold a hand up and say, you know, really look into it and say, hang on a minute, it's nothing to be ashamed of, it's nothing to be embarrassed of, you're not stupid, you're not dunce, you're not dumb, there's nothing wrong with you whatsoever. And those growing up, as you can relate, Sandra, those the words that we hear <laughs> quite a lot, and we, you know, because we just so, soak up information, don't we? So yeah, yeah the, the, the black community... What we need is more conversation. Events like this that we're having here right now—it's having that conversation, putting it out there, creating that awareness. But the awareness has to be showcasing the positives of being dyslexic because it, you can't go down that road because that's where that's where the problem is.
0: Yeah. Now you made me you made me chuckle when you used the word dunce because dunce. <laughs> because in our culture that that was a word so frequently used. If somebody, yeah, you know, and and I was. I was called dunce, you know, just, I, was, because yeah. I had these, these, um, different ways the brain worked differently, yes. but I guess in a way for, if we look at our culture and we look at people, um, uh, you know, we're always, we're a community, a culture, that's always struggling in terms of the finances, in terms of jobs, healthcare, and all everything. of that healthcare, you know, everything. So, so, Going back to your point, who wants to be seen as different or seen as not being able to fit into what would be considered quote unquote normal? I don't like that word. (laughs) So um, how do we get over that? How do we get over those struggles?
1: Right. See, uh, firstly, I'm trying to change a narrative in a massive way where I don't use the word difficulty i don't call it a learning difficulty whatsoever because that's a negative word there right from the start so i say learning difference because whether you're neurodiverse or not we all think differently we can be given a a task same task someone who's who's neurodiverse someone who's not but we find our own way of doing it you know everyone thinks differently so for me it's it's about that conversation has to be consistently all the time. And it has to seep all the way down to our children as well, Sandra. That's a big thing because what we're noticing is how many children are slipping through the net, mm-hmm. gone through primary school, gone through secondary school, gone through college. And it's only those that are brave enough to actually go on to higher education that they've been identified There's been so many. If you look out there, there's so many people, universities that they've been identified. So it's that, it, it, it's it's changing everything about it, Cha- showcasing the brilliance of it, showcasing people like you, Sandra, who's achieved so much in it whilst you're dyslexic as well. And so many other people who are out there that we can just put to the forefront to say, look at these people, be inspired by them.
0: And I love that. And one of the things that, that it was like a salve to my heart when I read, you know, the different way of thinking in yeah. your book, you, 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 you know, it's there so many times, so many times. And, yeah. and I, I agree with you a hundred percent. If we could only change the way we see how everybody thinks and we, we're all different. Yeah. um, yeah. You, Every single one of us is different. There's not anybody that's the same as anybody else even i've got twins. twins i've got i was going like, to say the no I... <laughs> same <laughs> so even different even identical <laughs> twins you know there, there is always something some different yeah. um and and it's important that we begin this conversation about it's just a different way of learning a different way of thinking yeah so in your book you talk also about the fact that um That you found out that it's it's hereditary it's 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 passed down. Talk 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 to us about that. Yeah,
1: definitely. Because um, as it go back to my childhood, um, because I don't know a lot. Started there is when I was growing up, my great granddad he wasn't able to read or write at all. But you couldn't fool him when it comes to anything or mental arithmetic or knowing information and knowledge and understanding of things. He was so clever. And then I saw the same thing happening with my dad, where my dad, um, he wasn't interested in school. He didn't, he didn't, it, he, he, he was had a fear of learning and all those things. But I see, my dad is so clever. I saw it there again. And then my my, my mom is the same. So. Somewhere along the line there, I've, I've, got, I've got it. I've got it from, from them. And I am grateful for the gift. And I've also passed it on to my children because I like sharing. <laughs> <laughs> You're such children. a generous person. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to sprinkle the golden dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but but it's hereditary, hereditary condition. So if someone in your family has got it and you've got children. Very important to keep an eye on the learning styles. You've got grandchildren. These is nephews attention to the learning styles and how they um, understand things and how what the challenges is that they, they may be having or the things that they, they're excelling at that's a massive thing there as well because mm-hmm. as you know they're quite creative so if they're leading on the creative side and they're struggling with the other little things other things can be going on underneath so
0: yeah um <laughs> yeah so so you you mentioned that you know you've that your children also have this gift yeah so i mean how as a parent have you sort of dealt with that? Okay, so my daughter. When I got diagnosed,
1: when I was, um, when I left my workplace and started my degree, my daughter was in college at the same time. So I identified. She's always struggled, and I wasn't able to help her bless her with the homework and all of those things when she was growing up and when I approached the school, her college sorry, they said you can't do anything because she's leaving, she's leaving in the next few few weeks she was leaving, same story with myself and then I kind of encouraged her, you're going to university now, it's worth investigating because I have it in the anonymous registry and then it happened with my, my twin girl. Kept noticing certain things every day, Sandra, she was coming home with a note from school saying that she's had an accident. She's bumped into something. She's she's falling over. So much was going on with her. I think I said to my husband, something's not right here. I'm pretty sure there's something going on with Alexa. And I went to, first of all, I, I contacted the school and made a, a meet. I had a meeting with, the, with her teachers and met with Senco as well, which really helped me because. The person who Senko also has children who are neurodiverse. He mm-hmm. so totally understood what I was talking about. And um, it took two years of me advocating for uh, meetings with the school, going to see um, um occupational therapist, school nurse and all of that. And after two years, she was diagnosed as well. So those two have been diagnosed. And then,
0: But yeah. two years is a long time.
1: It is. It is a lot. It's longer now, Sandra, because of, because of what's happened with the COVID the backlog right now for cams. My son's been on the list for over a year now, probably a year and a half now, and still. Not... Oh,
0: you've just dropped out. I can't hear you. Oh, you've yeah, you've you've muted yourself. I'm accidentally <laughs> muted myself. Yeah. So it, the the cams waiting list and
1: for send is really really bad oh. at the moment in schools.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean I love your book because you you've got lots of tips and um advice and information for parents and um you know you just, even you know for aunties and uncles and you know yeah. look at the look look around you. What about the workplace? Oh brilliant. The workplace uh oh, there's so
1: much because there's something called access to work which um you know dyslexia and dyspraxia and all those are classed as a disability. Mm so workplace by law has to provide that support once they're aware of it however what you tend to find in the workplace is people don't want to disclose that's a big issue right now and that's again turning around the narrative about the negative things that's attached to dyslexia Mm -hmm. Uh, people don't want to disclose so it's hard really because I was in that situation I didn't know that I had dyslexia so my workplace didn't investigate so we didn't know what I had so they couldn't support me in any way so if you don't disclose that's a massive thing there once you disclose they'll help you to support you
0: but I see it as there are two sides of this. A lot of my work is is to do with um, inclusion, yeah, um, equality, uh, yes. diversity, and actually, this, in my opinion, is one of those diversity issues. So yes. I think it's a two sided thing. I think, um, and you tell me what you think. I think if if workplaces, and we that's a generalizations, but if decision makers, managers, other people, HR, you know, um, Uh, people within the workplace are more aware of dyslexia
1: yes training training.
0: then they can provide sort of that training and advice and people can look out for it if you look at how things have turned you know like menopause now is a is a big thing thing within the working environment so I think that you know we need to look at creating um, that same interest with dyslexia, dyscalculus, dis, um, which is one of that's about numbers. Numbers, yeah. That 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 I have. Um, yeah. So we need to, you know, what's what's your advice on on that side of things?
1: Workplace is a big thing because um, the managers, team leaders, all of them. It's about the awareness, and if the workplace was inclusive, where we didn't have to have this thing where. We have to provide adjustments for people who are neurodiver- diverse The workplace should be inclusive for everyone mm-hmm. in a way, regardless of your learning styles or whatever. Everything should be inclusive in that way, because it shouldn't be, we wouldn't be having this conversation now <laughs> if, if everything was in the schools and the education system, everything was inclusive in a way with, for everyone regardless. But for the education, awareness again. Mm-hmm. We had um, Dyslexia Awareness Week back in October, Right. And we had Black History Month. L- massive hoo ha about two things going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. But what you'll see is the conversation will go zoop, mm-hmm. and then next year again, come back to October. Oh, everybody's talking about neurodiversity and everyone's talking about dyslexia awareness week and everything. But those conversations has to continue all the time because you're not just yeah. dyslexic for a month or a week. That's it's true. <laughs> everyday life. That's you know, true. it's, it's yes. all everyday life. So, you can't just be hoo-haring about it, thinking, oh, I'm going to be supporting my, my employees in that way or whatever, but you drop it or you're not getting the training that you need to understand and identify because without you having an understanding of what that person may be going through, you may not have it yourself, but yeah. equip yourself with that knowledge and understanding of how to support them as well, not just mm-hmm. getting a diagnosis, what supports they're available for them.
0: Yeah. So... You know, what, tell us about the, the things that you are doing um, as you are a campaigner, and advocate. What are some of the things that you're involved with? Yeah, so I've been
1: going out to um, universities and workplace to talk about, to have that conversation and do sessions for um, them in the workplace. Because what workplace has to understand is it's in your best in- interest to invest in that Employee who are neurodiverse in any way, because the return and the gains that you're going to get from them, from the knowledge, the creativity, the under, you know, everything, big picture thinking, it's going to be really beneficial for your company. And championing organizations like EY, I, I have to take my hat off to them. Yes, I've got, I've got I'm to take my hat. Off. <laughs> yes, I take my hat off. In there. have to drop that one in there. Take my hat off to them because you know Love what they're doing. They've got neuro diverse ex- center of excellence mm-hmm. that they looking for talents who are neurodiverse because of their their, their skills the skills and the, yeah. and the other yeah everything so my mission I'm on the mission now with the book and next year I want to start in the, going into the schools doing assemblies talking to the students because I went to a college research to a university recently and when I asked what uh, what's
0: the percentage of your neurodiverse is 50 percent Sandra 50 percent wow. That is a
1: massive...
0: Yeah, so that tells me there is a greater awareness out there, but they're not doing the action about it. Yeah, yeah. The
1: action's not there. Sometimes it's just talk. And what I notice as well, because the lack of representation of people of colour, you know, coming to the forefront, it's kind of flatlining in a way. It really is. And Mm. the more, as I said, the conversations and people championing the greatness of it that, that that's where we're going to get change
0: yeah yeah and and um, you and I are of the um of the uh Afro Caribbean yeah, yeah. um grouping but it's not just us it's not it's not only our community
1: no no yeah. it affects every community I mean this like one of the things that I noticed when I started um in in this space was the misconception of and the image that people associate associating and what they've been inspired by you know for, for example i totally love richard branson i absolutely love him as, as i said i love his his inspiration of being that amazing entrepreneur but we don't have the same experience mm-hmm. You know, I can relate to you, Sandra, because you we've been we've had that similar experience of Mm -hmm. intersectionalities as well. However, I can't identify with him. I know that he's got dyslexia as well, and he's creative and everything, but I can't. We can't. So this is why it's so important for our young people to be seeing people that look like them championing. You know, dyslexia it doesn't it doesn't just affect black people, Asian, white people. It affects everyone Mm -hmm. in a way. So Mm -hmm. it's having that inclusivity, and people can see with people that looks like them representing it and championing it that's where a massive change be. yeah
0: yeah and that that is 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 so is so true I mean what I want to do at this point I know we have we have Leanne Cook, um MBE who's um on the call with us and we also have crystal foil crystal if you want to come on camera please do so i'm gonna pick on um leanne because i know her very well and i know that you're also dyslexic would you like to share some of your experiences then you're still on mute though yeah there you go Hi, leanne. Yeah,
2: sure. Hi there, hi, really interesting, thank you. And I, and I think for me, you know, in, in, it was I wasn't diagnosed whilst I was at school and I think it was one of those things that, you know, you were just classified as being, you know, stupid or different and, and I absolutely agree with you. And for me, it's uh, my ability to read and digest information. Um, I find it like nigh on impossible. I hate reading. Um, and the way to overcome that during school time was it from reading from front of a class of 30. So that was really going to work Send these to all sorts of disruption. Um, in in yourself and the way you behave so it has a real negative impact and then when I was diagnosed later in life it's then starting to work about how do you make it work for you mm. um, and you know and which methods do you find and I think we just you know it's amazing for me how many dyslexic people that are out there and yeah. how we all find our own approaches and methods to dealing with it so a couple of examples I have is that um, in terms of I've always done consultancy firms and software firms so for me in workshops and things like that. It's always been um, you know, get somebody else to to write for you on the board, because otherwise yeah. you've got like loads of spelling mistakes and my writing's shabby as well. Um uh, <laughs> so that's one way of over overcoming that. In terms of from a reading perspective, you know, it's great now that there's audio books out there, but I don't have the ability to concentrate for great periods of time even to listen to an audio book. Um so for me, things like Blinkist that have come that's where it's 15-minute snippets of books, again, I'm a game changer because it means that you can continually be improving your knowledge in your way. Mm. And I think it's about finding your own pathway to that journey. And, and and I agree with you, it's not a difficulty, it's about seeing it as a difference and how you overcome that difference as anything else in life.
0: Yeah. absolutely. Oh thank you so much, Leanne. That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And uh you know Leanne has achieved so much um yeah. in in the business field and continues to do so. Do you think um uh, um Keisha that because I'm sure I read a study somewhere that says the pro- a huge percentage of entrepreneurs uh, yep. have dyslexia so do yep. you think that we push ourselves because of what the, the struggles that we have I love that
1: question because you know what being dyslexic we cannot fit in that box that people try to fit us in you know being around in the desk I was one of them who's behind the desk every day I it's when I left that job and said, oh my God, look at this massive world. That, that, that's beyond outside of like, And so it it it's a case of we definitely definitely do we push ourselves because over 50% of entrepreneurs are neurodiverse, dyslexic, dyslexic in, in, in a in way, dyslexic in a way. And that reason is we have to create our own processes as well, mm. our procedures, yeah. because we we will struggle with the, the procedures that's in the in the, in in the corporate world or, or, or wherever you may be working in, and as I love what Leanne said, is make it finding ways to make it works for you. We've all have our own strategy. Mm. We create. We have to have them because we didn't know anything else. Mm. So we have to create that thing for us. But definitely, entrepreneurs. If you look, if you look, there's so many of them are a. AD, got ADHD. Got autism. <laughs> got dyslexia. Because, and and people, it's adhd thing is um so good for the business sense because people look at someone who's adhd and thinking how are you doing so much Mm. things all of those things but we have to because we can't we get we get bored you know it's like for example in my own life even watching tv if you look in my on netflix my continue to watch list is forever because i start watching it and if it doesn't grab me i'm gone i'm off (laughs) that's my attention and the first the, 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 the I can't even pronounce it now
0: yeah. yeah 100% I tell you talking to you is like talking to myself because <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much of what you say that I think oh my goodness that's that's me. Me. that's me and 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 you know for a long time I just thought it was me something was wrong with me Um, yeah and similar to you because I did I did my masters in creative writing in wow uh, I started in 2017 finished in um, um, two years later 2019 and it was just about six months before I finished that I actually plucked up the courage to get tested wow and if I had only gotten tested earlier that would have been so so helpful.
1: Yeah, because you'd have got a little bit of support there, Sandra. I yes. want to know that you have got dyslexia. Because yeah. yeah, are great with that.
0: Yeah, but you know, as as we've said, I didn't want to get branded. And uh, you know, uh, probably like you, because you mentioned this, you said you knew you'd heard this word dyslexia, dyslexia. So. Number one, I thought, well, it probably isn't me, it's somebody yeah, else. That that's has. that was me. <laughs> that's me. It's not me. It's somebody else has got a lot more issues. You know that sort of stuff. That's the one thing. And then going back to, I didn't want to get tested because I was afraid that it would say yes, and then I would be branded. And I didn't want to labeled. Yeah, labeled. Absolutely, I didn't want anybody else to know. Um, and I worried. And this, I you know, this is I think one of the big issues in the workplace how's that going to affect your career chances, yes. your financial chances? Yes. So yes. How, how do we overcome that? Well, how
1: you overcome that is I had the same situation, Sandra, so when I was in the workplace and four times I tried to progress. However, each, each time I had the interview, there was a test attached to it. So for me, if workplace became so inclusive and everything it would not be holding people back regardless of what they're going through because for example get rid of these psychometric testing and they're no good for people with diabetes <laughs> we don't do that very well with
0: them so, and
1: um, test exams all of those things assessments we don't do very well with those We'll
0: find different ways the, the, find, the different, is, yeah. find different and, ways
1: another thing like you know a lot of companies are scared of if they're having an interview if they're recruiting they have an interview process and all the whole recruitment process they're very scared of sending out um questions before the interview mm. those are mm. little things that will help people regardless mm. if you if, if you're neurodiverse or not yeah. because you'll be able to have that time to prepare Yes. and that what happens is because we don't we, we struggle with the time management and the organization side of things mm-hmm. those are the things that are, are holding us back yeah so yeah. make everything really inclusive simple stop sending um having meetings for our meeting for nothing just to sit down and discuss whatever yeah. and stop giving people documents that thick with millions of text where you can look at it and think you know i'm too overwhelmed by this yeah just this. looking at just the look huge at, yeah. amount yeah. yeah it's overwhelming make things really you're doing your paragraphs and that i, I have a um, friend who I always pull up and you're doing a paragraph make them very small three lines at most because our brain will just scan for the information and take what we need mm-hmm. from it and
0: so on we that might. note, I mean, I've got yeah. your book in. I've got your book in my hand, and what I noticed is that the text is a certain way, and it's written in a certain. Tell, tell yeah. us about the process of yeah, you know, the what book you thought about when you wrote your book. The book, yeah.
1: I am very. I get overwhelmed by um, thick books with very small writing. I struggle. Mm-hmm. I really struggle, Um my eyesight is not bad in that way, but I just find it is a niggle for me. So when I was doing my book. I had to think about. I'm a dyslexic person, and other people who are dyslexic are also going to read my book. So the the font is dyslexic. It's open dyslexic, which is mm. dyslexia friendly font. Um, for me, everybody's different, as I say. Everyone learn different. But for me, that font, and a lot of people have commented on the on the text of it. That is great. So the process for me, and I had to make sure that it wasn't white paper. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what, but the the, the pages like are off cream color yes, cards. Yes, it's yeah. an off-cream colour that was important for me because we, p- words dance on pages for us mm. when we look at the white page. So it's, that was important. And the text as well, the size of the text and the font and the spacing, all of that I had to take into consideration. And the book is about, I think it's around 35,000. It's not that thick, so I didn't want it to be too overwhelming. And yeah. another thing I, I did as well, I made some of the chapters really snippet, sh- short and sweet, yeah straight to it read what you want and then go and yes. it's a book where you yeah, I'd like you to read my whole story but depending on what you're looking for mm-hmm. there is something in the book where you can just turn over look in the contents page and say oh parents workplace yes. student, you know all of these things that you can just turn into the book and just have it as a quick um reference to and get some I you know some tips How- in here how long did it take you to, to Okay, so I book? finished my master's last year. I graduated last year, um July. The book came out March this year for the dyslexia show. It, so I was writing it all the way through my masters and lockdown. Two mm. years. Right. Um yeah. Yeah. So you've so you've done very, very well indeed. Yeah. Soon yeah. as I got diagnosed at university the last few weeks I started, you know, I saw that a book is needed for this. I need to tell my story and I need to help with this.
0: What's your hope? Then for the book, my hope for the book,
1: my big dream is one day to do a film, Oof. yeah, <laughs> or a documentary. Something I really want to do something for the screen, um, for dyslexia, mm-hmm. um, to create, kind of create more awareness as well. But the book the mission for me for book is to have a, a copy in every household because mm. as I said it's a book for everyone where it doesn't matter if you're neurodiverse or not because I'm telling you a story as well so everyone knows someone who's dyslexic yeah. I've noticed that yeah. and the statistics are saying one in five it's not one in five I don't think that it's <laughs> one in two I think it's one in two I seriously do mm. and there's so many situations where I'm in certain places like sometimes I'm on set and I'll just mention the word dyslexic, and I just hear everyone say, "Oh, I'm dyslexic. Do I'm dyslexic? Like, yeah. oh wow, we're just yeah. everywhere." Yeah, that's yeah. what saying.
0: And and when you make the point that it is hereditary, yes, then that adds to that. Yes, yes, it does. I, it does. Actually, I was talking to uh, my one of my cousins, my first cousin, this week, and I was talking about. Um, about your book and um you know my own discoveries and as we reflect back like you did you talked about your dad and your granddad and as we reflect back we look at you know our 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 parents because yes yeah that my our our mothers are sisters Uh, and we look back and we look back to all that they've achieved and how amazing they were and how they did things yes thinking oh the if <laughs> yes, you do,
1: you do, because I'm thinking. I you know I look at my great-granddad and think he was so clever, and I've
0: learning so much from him. And he couldn't read. All right, mm. couldn't read or write yeah. all right at all. Yeah. So okay. So, what would you like if you had the opportunity to speak to? sort of anybody maybe this let's focus on decision makers so within organizations first what what would be your word to them what would you like them to organizations
1: is mm-hmm. what I'd say to them pay attention to your employees because I when I was in the workplace I had special measures and all of those things put on me because of all the errors and stuff that I was doing Sandra so you know I, I had like I had to do a task list just to, to show where I'm where my time is going because I'm taking so long doing certain tasks, yeah, that they, they had to be you know, auditing my my, wow. my minutes of my time. So for and if if they had in my workplace, if they had investigated or dig a little bit deep to see why is she there has to be something because if there's something going on, there's something deeper that's mm-hmm. causing that issue. It's fine, it's trying to identify with that employee and working with them, having a, a, a workplace which is totally inclusive, regardless of who you have in those seats in your office. Mm. Totally inclusive. Everything is done in the way that it's so simplified, you know, email, you know, sending emails Um, with so much text, just putting bullet points, so much easier. Um, Condensing information, short summaries, you don't need to give them all that information, you just need to give them the key information to avoid overwhelm. So it's understanding your employees and trying to Create that 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 atmosphere and environment of people. It's okay. It's it's yeah. fine. You know, mm-hmm. and others within the college within the, within the environment, the mm-hmm. office, they understand as well. So they, they don't have to be thinking. Oh, so why she be treated differently like mm-hmm. that? You know, for, for that they understand the logistics and they understand the, the 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 challenges and everything and the greatness of being dyslexic and understand that your your employee who are dyslexic, they you need to be giving them tasks that's going to bring out the best in them, that's going to showcase their skills and talents. Don't be giving them someone who is super, who don't really like doing paperwork or anything like that. Take that creative side, give them the creative jobs. They need to create flyers or they need to to, to do um, articles or they need to do posters or whatever. Find that creative thing that they're good at and give that to them. Don't be wasting their time on giving them stuff that's going to take one million Hours to do it, and it's Mm -hmm. not going to get done. It's not going to be done to the best of their abilities either, because that's not that's not where the bag is. That's not where the yeah.
0: So a a lot of this, if uh, in my view, is is down to educating
1: awareness and education. Yeah, Yeah.
0: educating our our organizations, our managers, our people. You know, both sides really. And 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 you keep saying it. You keep saying it's about inclusion, isn't it?
1: Inclusion, all about inclusion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So whilst you were whilst you were saying you were talking about that, what was coming to me though, and I know people will say, well, it's just too much work. You know, it means that they have to change and they have to take time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What are what are your thoughts? (laughs) They
1: have to change because if they don't change or move with the times, they're gonna be left behind. Mm. Because if you have if, if there's organizations already out there scouting talents who are neurodiverse, what do you think yeah. that's gonna happen? Because they are thinking of the future and that's yeah. the future thinking. So if they're the the, the, the inventors, the people who are uh, sculptors, artists, actresses, it, so many, because that that creativity, you know, that they have in there and they put it out there. So it's I understanding the benefits of having people who are neurodiverse in the workplace, that's it just comes down to that and be be grateful that you have them
0: yeah so where can people find you okay people can find me on linkedin which is shirt
1: there sway i use linkedin quite a lot more um for the work that i do in a professional uh, way i do use um other social media as well like facebook and uh, a little bit of instagram or also don't really use twitter too much mm-hmm. so they can find me best space is linkedin really
0: yeah yeah and um and you've you've put a link in the chat box yeah um but where can they if they wanted to get a copy of the book um what what's the best way to
1: okay i have a website um but i sell my books through my website and uh, it is sold on other platforms however i think those pla- those that platform that I sold on is for people who want it far away and don't want, the, you know, the postages. Mm. They'll take care of all of that as well. So it's got that international um hook on it. But my just hooked me up on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to send the link. The link is on my my page as well. It's on my Instagram. The link that takes you straight to my website, tell you a lot more about me and also about the book
0: yeah yeah and and i know we were going through things my i know that you're quite passionate about um you know how we treat our young people and that sort of thing so um i want us to not forget our young people in 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 um wrapping up what yeah. would you, you know, first of all, what would you say to parents? I know, I'll ask you this question. What's one thing <laughs> that a parent can do? But then, uh, also, they say you should never ask two questions at the same time. But hey, that's fine. So- <laughs> <laughs> so- I won't remember the second one. <laughs> The so one. the first one is talking to parents and the second one is talking to young people who may feel that they are struggling they might may, may be um neurodiverse in some way
1: yeah the first thing that young and i know this is this is an issue that we can have with young people because once they go when they're going in that teenage years they don't tend to talk much anymore um so but it's them to be able to access the support that's there it's important it's important that people around them know what's going on whether there is something if there's nothing hooray there's nothing you know but if there is something at least you know and you can access that support and it's very important for our young people children in schools anyone who's feeling that they're struggling in any way it is something that's causing that struggle get to the bottom of it for parents Pay attention to the way your children learn things. Pay attention to their interests, what they're interested in. Pay attention to what they struggle with, because mm-hmm. that, that can also be a, a, a good identifier. Because if they're struggling with, with the math side of things, look, why is it they're struggling with math? Why are they struggling with the English? Pay attention to them and be the best advocate that you can for your child. Be the best advocate because you know your child. Oh no, we don't notice those things. But you spend a lot more time with your child. You mm. know your child is that. And school, some of them will say that because there's a massive thing where the costings in regards to diagnosis, getting the assessment, getting the support, you are gonna to have to kick down a few doors. I'm telling you straight up, take it from yeah. me, take it from me. And if I was the parent I am and know what I'm what I need to do. Our children will still be there, not getting the intervention in the classroom. She now has ear defenders that she can wear in the classroom to cut out the noise to keep her focus on what she's doing in the class. She has little things where she get up and she she she's given time to walk around the classroom to regulate herself and get you know get back and not giving a task that's going to be so complicated. Give her clear instructions and, and yeah, sit down and it give it her down. support in the class. Yeah, mm, and give yeah. It, have a TA in there that that helps the children to understand. Yeah, so as a parent. Be, be, be prepared that you're going to have a fight, but do not ignore hmm. anything that your child's going through because I don't want us to be like the Kishis yeah. and the who have gone through it <laughs> and the Leanne and, the, and, 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 and yeah. uh, Crystal's husband who were all late
0: diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's
1: I, I, And I, I
0: think, you know, and, and I know you do because we've had this conversation. If I'd been diagnosed before, I probably would have done even, even more. Even more. Yes. So... You know yeah. this is this has been an absolutely great conversation, and I yeah. um, this this is recorded and it is going to be shared obviously on our website and and uh, Keisha you will have a link to that as well. Yeah. But I just want to say a huge thank you for a, a couple of things. First and foremost, for being brave enough to write
1: this book This is age I, know. <laughs> I know I know this
0: is absolutely up- what,
1: another thing Sandra what you've noticed in, in the representation side of things as well how many black authors can you find that's written book on dyslexia go in I the library you know. mine's in the library well it's all in Manchester it's in every library in Manchester in my area but go in the library and Asha shout out to Asha she's the first one that I know I was brave enough to do one on the cultural perspective yeah. and I've not seen any any other things, you know, so it's been a massive thing where, and then, then there's Black Brilliant and Dyslexic as well that came out, which I'm also a co-author in that came out this year, but there isn't anything.
0: Mm-hmm. So again, fun. a huge, huge thank you. Um, because um, although, you know, we've shared all the things, it helped me feel less alone in my journey. So I I really appreciate that. Thank you for coming and sharing um, a part of your story and your journey and, you know, some of your challenges. And thank you for being so open and honest about your journey. And we wish you the very, very best. And obviously, you know, I'm here if we can help you in any way um, to champion the work that you're doing and the campaign that you're running to 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 make changes um thank you so much (laughs) love you love you love you lot so we are gonna we are gonna close there